Now we're in a brand new series entitled Life Coach, Life Coach. And uh, I love this series because how many have heard of a life coach, all right? How many have heard of life coaches? A life coach is like, hey, uh, I, I, I've changed my life and I can change your life. Ask me how, right? DM me in the comments. And uh, life coach. But today, I'm not your life coach, all right? I know I look like I'm wearing a life coach shirt, okay? And uh, my evangelistic shirt today, but I'm not your life coach. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians. And so I just want to challenge you, take notes. Man, get a paperback, get a, get a notebook, do uh, online as well, Facebook. And man, I want you to be able to write a post. And let's take some notes on our brand new series entitled Life Coach. Life Coach. Also, I want to say uh, good morning to our online audience. Make some noise for our online audience today. And man, we know you're watching right now. You're chatting online, and we are so glad you're joining us. We are, we, are, we are one church in two places right now. And so we're so thrilled for our online audience as well. I know even Anissa's, uh, she's commenting and typing like a, like a mad woman back there. So Anissa, we appreciate you. We appreciate our entire online team. But let's get into the book of Ephesians. I got a lot to say today because I'm going to try to go chapter by chapter each and every week. So I got a lot to say today. But the Apostle Paul, he writes the book of Ephesians, and this is what his purpose is. His purpose is to strengthen the believers in their faith by explaining the nature and the purpose of the church, which is the body of Christ. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I'm the body of Christ. All right? Now turn to your second neighbor and say, I, I'm, I'm a good church. Right? This is the body of Christ. And what we want to do during this series is I want, I want to breathe life to strengthen you. I want to strengthen your faith. And, and I want to talk about how we can build up the local church by the nature and purpose of what God has called us to do. Now, before I get into the message today, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, a lot of people ask, you know, where in the world do you get your vision for your church. We always talk about without vision, people cast off restraint. Without vision, we don't know what we're doing. And so here in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to use the message translation because it just says it the best for me. It says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and everybody said, right? To make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. I want you to know God personally. And I love this. Your eyes focused and clear that this is, Paul's not talking about our eyes, what we see. He's talking about our vision. That means our heart has eyes. And so Apostle Paul says, I want your heart to be focused and clear so you can see exactly what it is that God is calling you to do. If you're living a focused life and a clear life, you're living a life of freedom. And so this is what Paul says, grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for you. So if you walked in this building today and said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what God's purpose or plan is for my life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 18, it says, God has a glorious way of life for you. God's got a plan for your life, a purpose for your life. And I love this. And the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him, endless energy. And all the new parents in the house said, okay, you can't even do it, can you? And all the, come on, all the uh, empty nesters in the house. Amen. In boundless strength. <laughs> the utter extravagant, all the, all the millennials who haven't had their third cup of coffee said. All right, there we go. 
of his work in us. This means God created me on purpose, for a purpose, to make a difference. And so this is where we get a vision of our church. I want you to know God personally so that he may open up the eyes of your heart so you can find freedom from your yesterday, so you can move forward into your tomorrow, so that you can discover God's unique purpose inside your life so that we can make a difference. And so I'm so glad for our vision of our church is found in Ephesians chapter 1. It's found in the entire Old Testament as, as we go through the Passover cups. But I want you to know this is our vision. But in the book of Ephesians, this is our life coach, this guy right here, the Apostle Paul. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this. He's got a microphone. He's here to work today. Come on, somebody. And here's what I... <laughs> That's nice, huh? And here's what Apostle Paul, he writes the book of Ephesians, and he wrote it be- between 61 and 63 A.D. while he's in prison. Now, they believe that he was on a house arrest, but he was still heavily guarded. But here's Paul. He's in prison. Now, this life coach, don't worry, folks, he has 30 years of being a Christ follower. So 30 years from 61 AD, it was his dramatic conversion where God knocks him off his horse, changes his name from Saul to Paul, which is actually the same name but a different version of that name. And then he writes the book of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. And what's so interesting about the city of Ephesus is that it's a major port city. It's driving. This is a major uh, area of, of congestion where, where traffic is going to and from in the city of Ephesus. And in Ephesus, in the epicenter, right in the center of the city, they have a glamorous temple for a false god, an idol, which is uh, Artemis or Diana. And she was the, the goddess of fertility. How many know this is sounding a little bit like Las Vegas, Nevada? Because they also sell trinkets and things. They make money off of Diana. So I just had to put this here today. What happens in Ephesus stays in Ephesus. But I tell you this because this book is exactly what we need for today. It's exactly what we need for today. And so I want to challenge you as we get our Bibles open. Man, I want you to be reading throughout the book of Ephesians. Read the ESV version, the NLT version, the message version. Begin to read the different versions that we have. And so if you got your Bibles out, get your iPhones out. Come on, church, iPhone crowd. All right, get your Androids out. The Android crowd said, join. Actually, somebody showed me something pretty cool last week. Their phone like went up and it went sideways and it transformed into this thing and then took a picture and then we changed the font size. It was fun. In Ephesians chapter 1, and this is what it says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. I can go off on a preaching tangent right here. Did you know God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing? He's not picking and choosing and going, Nah, you weren't acting right, I'm going to remove this one. He's a God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him, before the foundation. So God chose you and I before the foundations of the world so that we should be holy and blameless. Some of us in church today are like, I'm in the wrong church. No, you ain't. You're in the right church. Come on, somebody. God calls us to be holy and blameless. This word here is not what we think. Man, this word here is saying, man, I have set you apart. I'm blaming you for nothing. Holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption. Everyone say adoption. For adoption for, to himself as sons through Jesus 
Christ. Now, i got to stop right here. This word here, sons, it's not gender related. It's not saying sons and not the daughters. Ladies in the house, say amen. Right? This means, this means human beings, his creation through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace by which he blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood. Because he died on the cross, we have the forgiveness of our trespasses, our sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. This is Easter part two today, right? He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. What is God calling me to do? Let's get into God so we can understand what God wants from us according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ. A lot of reading today. As the plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. Whoop. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having predestined according to the purpose of him who works in all things according to the counsel of his will. I'm going to go fast because some of you are now zoning out, right? He's like, he's reading scripture, you know. And in him, also when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, who is the co-signer, who is the author, who is the perfecter of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Father, thank you for your word. God, I thank you that something that was written well over 2,000 years ago applies to us today. So Holy Spirit, I just pray, have your way in this service. Holy Spirit, I thank you. There's no such things as accidents or oops, that people are here by chance. They're here because you brought them here. So Father, I pray, give us revelation that's going to last us a lifetime. In your name I pray, and everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Now, um, what is it? In about two, uh, December 2019. December 2019, before uh, things got kind of crazy, and uh, 2020 hit. We're not going to talk about 2020, you know, and now in this year. But December 2019, uh, Levi and I, we had the, uh, man, just the honor of going with my father-in-law, Todd, to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we went to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, we went to a Green Bay Packer game. Now, it was cold, all right? It was like 10, 20 degrees out, uh, windy, all those things. But we go to a Green Bay Packer game. And so here's me and my boy at that Green Bay Packer game. If you're brand new with us today, I am not a Packer fan. And so here we are. We stroll up on Lambeau uh, Stadium. And can I just say, man, it was incredible to see just all the Packer fans, the Bears fans. We were like, I got you, all right? Something bad happens. I got each other. I'm from East Vegas. Come on, somebody. And so here it is. My son, he's all dressed up. We took several pictures together. But what I love is people were asking us at Lambeau, they're like, no way. Like, you're a Bears fan, he's a Packer fan. Is this your son? And I was like, he's adopted. And like, is he really? No, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding. He's my stepson. And we laughed, no, 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 he's my kid. You know, my father-in-law indoctrinated him, and, and he's a Packer fan from Wisconsin, and, and I'm a Bears fan because I'm a Christian, and I know all about long-suffering and endurance, and, and, you know, I know all about those things. Okay, I'm a Christ follower. This is, he's living in victory. I'm trying to get victory. But here's what I love. I love when we were there, I didn't know anybody in the stadium except my father-in-law, my son, and my brother-in-law. I didn't know anybody in the stadium, but I felt like I was part of the stadium. 
I felt like I was part of the family, Bear's family, the Packer family. And you know what? In all reality, we all want to be a part of something. We all want to be a part of something. And I love what Paul's talking about, but there's just one word that I really had to take on today. Paul said, in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself. In love, before he formed the heavens and the earth, God said, I'm going to create people and I'm going to adopt people. They're going to be my sons and they're going to be my daughters. Now here's what's interesting about the word adoption. What we know the word adoption today is the action or fact of legally taking another's child and bringing it up as one's own. So this is how we know adoption today. So what is Paul really talking about? Here's what biblical adoption is. That God adopts those who believe in him and grants them all the blessings, all the benefits of his salvation. So when Christ died, he died for my sins, not just your sins. When Jesus died, he died so my body could be healed, not just your body could be healed. And so when Jesus died, he says he adopted us when we confess with our mouth that he is Lord of our life. And we say, Jesus, come live on the inside of me. Jesus, now he forgives us, he heals us, but then he adopts us. That's a good place to say, amen. But I love this. When Jesus died on the cross, he did it for our sins. He did it for our forgiveness. He did it for our healing. I really believe there's a, there's a huge tension. I know this is, what's, what, this is the tension of my own life growing up in the faith. There's a huge tension that many of us in this room, we can say, God, I'll receive your forgiveness. I'll get there. I'm having a hard time forgiving me, but I'll receive your forgiveness. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it daily, <laughs> right? You know, God, forgive me. I promise I'll never do it again. God, I said I'll never do it again, but for real this time, I'll never do it again. Because how many know God's the God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances? But some of us, I think a lot of us, we have a hard time with, I, I can accept God's forgiveness. I want him to heal me, but I don't know if, if I want God to adopt me. And I want you to know 2,000 years ago, Jesus died for you so God could father you. But this right here is hard for us because we, we, we tend to think God in the context of our, our earthly father. If we had an earthly father who was never present, then we think God's never present. If we have an earthly uh, father that was never verbal and said, I love you, you're amazing, you're incredible, then we think God is a silent God who doesn't give us accolades. And I love what Paul says here. Paul, or excuse me, in John chapter 1, it says, He came to his own, this is John, and his own people did not receive Christ. So for God so loved the world, God sent his one and only son, but to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So I already know there's a tension, right? When I say, you're adopted by God, we go, not really. Or yeah, what, sure, what, is, what does that even mean? And so as I begin to study this, what's so interesting about adoption the way we think of adoption to this day is we think about, uh, you know, children being adopted in the, in the system, right? Or we think about uh, teenagers being adopted or junior high, or we think about anybody under the age of 18. So we adopt them, we put them into our name, we, we pay lots of money, go through court dates and caseworkers and judges and all those things, and then we finally legally change their name. They are now mine. But what's interesting is Paul's not talking about your 2021 adoption. Paul's talking about Roman adoption. See, Roman is the era that, they, that Ephesians was written. 
And so in the Roman was a, was, was, was a society, it was a culture, and in the Roman adoption, what they would do back then was so, if there was a rich ruler or, or, or a rich man or someone who owned farm or, or cattle or he had lots and lots and lots of money and he didn't have any children, he would look for an adult to adopt. He would look for someone, maybe someone who worked hard for him, or maybe someone that he knew of, or maybe a friend's son. Or he would, They would try to find someone that they can adopt, and so he can give them all that he owns. And so what Paul says, Paul says, no, 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 no. It's not like what you're thinking. It's, the, it's this type of Roman adoption. So when Paul said Christ adopted you, back then they're going, Jesus gave us everything. He gives everything. And so here's what's interesting. The first thing that would happen if a rich person would adopt someone who's not related to them, there's several things that would take place. Number one, the first thing that would happen is all debt is canceled. So they adopted him. Hey, I want you to take all my inheritance. I want you to replace me when I'm long gone. The first thing that happens is all debt is canceled. So Paul says, in him we have redemption. Everything is canceled by his blood. And the forgiveness of his trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. How many, I mean, I see, I can't begin to even compare or talk about having an extreme amount of debt. All of a sudden you get a phone call and it says the debt's gone. I paid it. It's done. But so many of us, we walk around with debt for the wages of sin, for the debt of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, the only thing God is canceling is our sin. Can I get an amen? But the second thing that happens is that we receive the inheritance. So not only is their debt wiped away, but also they get to receive all that he owns. And I love that Paul says, listen, listen, the same way the rich guy to the adult the same way that Jesus, that us, we have attained an inheritance having predestined according to the purpose of him who works in all things according to the counsel of his will. See, maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, what in the world do I inherit? We inherit life. We inherit life. And I'm not talking just about uh, heavenly life. I'm not talking about eternal life. When I die, it, man, death has no sting. There's no tears, no sorrows in heaven. I'm going to be in heaven. But God is even saying you can inherit abundant life here today in this world. So not only does he cancel our debt, for so many times God cancels our, our sins. He cancels, the, he, he cancels death over our life, but we sometimes hold on to that. But then God says, you have every, everything I have, all the spiritual blessings I give to you, man, that is life. But I love the next one is, it means not the person who's being adopted, but God is liable. I love this. God is liable. God is liable. And when God becomes liable, I love Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. It says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. I love this. Here's what liability means. I want you to catch this because some of us are like, I ain't holy and I ain't blameless, Pastor Jeremy. You have no idea what my story is. But here's what liability means. Liability means a thing for which someone is responsible, especially a debt or financial obligation. 
So when he's liable, God's responsible. You know, years ago I was in, uh, I went through seminary, became a pastor, worked for an evangelist, and I had to raise my own salary. I had to raise my own salary. And so it was kind of in a period, I think it was like two years in, uh, you know, try, try to raise funds and all that. And, and uh, I try to be a good fundraiser guy, you know, like invest in me because I'm awesome, you know, and it's just hard, it's difficult, but God always provided. And I remember one day um, I got a phone call and uh, you know, I, I tried to get some gas in the car. The car didn't work. I looked for cash in my wallet. And uh, how many know the struggle's real, college folks, right? And uh, try to get all that. And uh, driving down the road, I'm like barely have enough gas. I need to get home. And uh, all of a sudden I get a call and it's the bank. And this is in uh, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, all right? It's not, a big, it's not a big bank. It's a smaller bank that have my phone number, all right? And so they called me and I said, yes, this is Jeremy. And they said, Mr. Mr. Bosma, um, you have overdrafted your checking account. I said, what? You know, and, and I was just embarrassed that that took place. It was like negative $20 in my checking account. I remember I was, I was just, just heartbroken. I began to panic. A lot of stress entered my life at that moment, going, how can I eat? That's the first thing I was thinking, too. I was a bigger boy back then, right? How can I eat? How can I get gas? How can I get to work? How can I, how can I, how can I, how can I live? I have nothing to my name. Matter of fact, I'm in debt. But then they begin to say, but, but Mr. Bosma, uh, your father actually called. I said, my dad? I'm like, my dad, what, what did he say? Don't believe anything. He said, they said, actually, your father called, and he asked how much was in your account. And he said, well, Mr. Bosma, uh, uh, you know, because we know your son. They actually, I was like, I don't know if legally you could talk to my dad, but Alabama. And so, and they said, Mr. Bosma, he's actually overdrafted. And my dad said, let's do a wire transfer. And so he set it up without me knowing. And the bank said, now you have this much. I think it's like $500, you know. So now you have this much instead of this much. So your dad transferred from his account into your account. I said, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. And I tie. Thank you, Lord. But can I just tell you, when Jesus died on the cross, his perfect record was transferred into your account. When he died on the cross, his perfect record transferred into your account. Therefore, you are holy and you are blameless because it got transferred. It got transferred. Now I'm totally lost. Where am I at? Where am I at? And I love this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. You therefore must be perfect. In the Greek, this means holy, as your heavenly Father is holy. This is not saying be holy. This is saying you are holy because it got transferred. Because it got transferred. I am liable. I am liable. Not me, but God. God says, I am responsible. Sometimes when we walk into church, say, God, I'm so dirty. I'm so unclean. I am not perfect. I am not holy. God, I'm just, I am all these things, Father. I think the building's going to burn down when I walk in. And God said, no, you're not. I've transferred it. I died on a cross for you. The moment you say, Jesus, be Lord of my life, repent of my sins, he transfers it. He transfers it. So, man, debt is canceled. We inherit it, all of his inheritance, all of his blessings. But as well as God is liable, God is responsible, but we must live in it. We must live in it. Because 
in the adoption process, adult, an adult can say, no, thank you. I'm good where I'm at. I don't want to accept none of those things. I like my debt. I, I like where I'm at. But I love what Paul, Apostle Paul says, our life coach today. He says, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless. I think there's a lot of friction in the church world. I'm teaching today. I'm your life coach. There's a lot of friction here today. I think with this. Because many of us, maybe we hit rock bottom. Many of us, where we say, God, I, 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 I promise. God, I, I don't want to do this again. I want to be right. I want to be holy. We say, God, I'm going to do things to be holy and blameless before him. But here, Apostle Paul says we should just be holy. So the major tension between being and doing. Because I, I get to be, therefore my being helps me with my doing. But it's the other way around. If I'm just going to do things in order to be something. See, this is what religion is. Religion is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to know religion. I want you to know God. Because if you know God, then you know who you are. But if you know religion, well, then you're going to know the things you have to do. This is what you have to do in order to be holy and blameless. This is what you have to do in order just to make it into heaven. See, religion, if we start saying, I'm going to do things so I could be something, that means religion leads us to obligation. I have to do in order to be. And what God is saying is, no, 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 no. You just have to be, and your being helps you to do. For example, I am a Bosma. I'm a Bosma. I grew up, I was born in a hospital, and they put Jeremy Bosma, all right? Not Bosma. I get that a lot at Starbucks, like Starbucks, you know? Or Jerry, Jerry, Jeremy. And I have to go to, like, to Spanish to help people. I'm like, Jeremy. And they're like, Jerry, Jeremy. Jerry, Jeremy Bosma. They go, Jeremy Bosma, all right. But I'm a Bosma. I didn't have to earn my last name. I just had to be. And so many times we think, you know what, I have to, in order to be a Christian, there are things I have to do. I want to challenge you today. If, we, if, if I'm truly adopted, then I could just be adopted. Because my being helps me in my doing instead of my doing in my being. It's not about behavioral modification. It's about heart transformation. It's not about rules. It's about relationship. And I want you to know that I don't identify, because a lot of times, I'll break it down for a lot of times, this is like our job. On Monday morning, we're going to go to work. Our teachers, our academics, uh, construction workers, CEOs, we're going to go work tomorrow. And maybe work starts at 9. We're in Vegas. So it could be like 9 p.m. <laughs> but if it's 9 to 5, I go to work and I just do. That's my obligation. I'm going to do so I could just be later. But so many times we think, man, if, I, if I'm just 9 to 5, then it's what I'm doing. But I want you to know, if I don't identify with what I do, I don't identify with what I do, but by who I am in Christ. Paul says, you're adopted. 
you're adopted. What do I got to do? Just be, be holy. Be blameless. How do I do that? Just by being. Just by being. You know, growing up, my mom fostered uh, babies. And I mean, we already had a lot of brothers and sisters. She fostered these kids, sometimes one or two kids at a time. And I remember, I mean, we would fall in love with these kids. We'd fall in love with these babies. Sometimes they're babies, toddlers. One time we had a little bit older one, we had to be careful. <laughs> Sleep with one eye open, I'm watching you. But man, these babies would come into our house, and man, we would love them. We would feed them, we would clothe them. We were essentially raising them. Did you know we had no say over them? We had no legality over them. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't tell them where to go or, or what to do. We just had to love them. But it would be a whole different story if we adopted them. See, if we adopted them, that it would be all about, you know what, we're not longer fostering you. I'm not, I'm not seasonal in your life. I'm not temporary in your life. But now I am permanent in your life. If I, if I adopt someone, it doesn't matter about their history. It matters about my history. If I'm adopting someone that all their debt's canceled, I don't care where you came from. I love your story. We're going to use your story for God's glory, but it's all canceled. Why? Because I am now responsible for you. What do I have to do, Daddy? Nothing. You just have to be. You get to be a Bosma. And so many times I want us to, to be able to kind of kind of put this together. So many times we think God is just fostering us. Where we say, God, it's seasonal. It's just Sunday. It's just when I do good. It's when I'm a good person or a good boy. It is not by your works, but it's by my work. And I want to challenge you today. God isn't fostering us. He has adopted us. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I believe God fostered me. No, 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 no. He's adopted me. And if that's you in this room, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to give all God the praise. I want you to give all God the glory today. Say, God, thank you for adopting me. Thank you that you've canceled my sin. You've canceled my debt today. God, thank you that I have an eternal inheritance through Christ Jesus. God, thank you today that every spiritual blessing from heaven belongs to me today. If you receive that, I want you to raise your hands. I want you to sing this song and say, God, I want nothing else. I want nothing else but just to be in your presence just to be a Christ follower. Thank you, Jesus. had a recent revelation of this. It's not temporary, folks. It's permanent.
permanent. And may he die for you and for me. You're not alone. It's not you against the world. It's you and God. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. The one who gave it all so we can have it all. The one who said, man, quit carrying that addiction. Quit carrying that shame. Man, quit carrying that guilt. Quit carrying that identity that they spoke over your life. That someone said something. You are this. And it's contrary to God's word. God said you shouldn't receive this. You're adopted. You're adopted. And I love in Revelation 21. It says that he who is seated on the throne. This is Jesus at the right hand of God. He said, Behold, I am making all things new. Because you're adopted. All things are new. And I love this. He says, write this down. Write this down on your, on your iPhone or your Android. For these words are trustworthy and they're true. He had to say this because some of us won't believe it. He says, write this down. This is true. This is true. Write this down. It is done. I'm the Alpha, and I'm the Omega. I'm the beginning, and I'm the end. I'm the, uh, to, to the thirsty, I will get from the spring of water, of life, without payment. Without payment. I'm the one who conquers. And we'll have this inheritance or this, this heritage. And I will be your God and you will be my son and my daughter. I love this. But as for the cowardly, can I just tell you this? Right here, I want to end the message right here. Come on. Go back into worship, right? And say, we are adopted. Remember, this is not gender. This is not just the boys and not the girls. No, no, no. This is us. You and me. Sons and daughters, I will be your God if you will be mine. Because we're adopted. We're adopted. How do we receive a gift? Salvation is free. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son so we don't perish, so we can have everlasting life. But man, we're saved by faith, by trust, by faith through God's grace. Not of our works. Not so I can say, look what I did. So I can say, look what I, look who I'm being. I'm just being. I'm adopted. Here's the next slide. I wouldn't be a very good life coach or our pastor today. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, immoral sorcerers, idolaters and all liars their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death you go man that's that's tough talking about hell and so many times we think God I'm just gonna do it on my own but man, maybe we place ourselves in this category. It depends on the version you're reading. But Jesus died so you don't have to have a second death. Jesus died 
so we can live. With every hip out and every eye closed. So many times as a minister, as a pastor, we say, it's all good. But if we don't be, if we don't accept, we say, how could, how could God do that? God gave us free choice, free will. God said, I'm not going to make you love me. I just want you to love me. Because I chose you before the foundations of the earth. I chose you on purpose, for a purpose. You're not an oops. You're not an accident. You're adopted. With every head out of eye closed, you're saying, Pastor, I may not be that whole list you just read, but I don't know Jesus. Maybe you heard today and you're saying, Man, I, You're saying, I, just, I don't know. I just want to receive. I want to give Jesus my life. I want to give Jesus my heart. And you say, Pastor, will you pray a prayer with me today so that I can receive every spiritual blessing so that I can be adopted by God with every head bowed and every eye closed just for privacy, not to get weird. But if that's you today, I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying with today. We do corporate prayer here. But if you're here, if every head have eye closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. Will you pray a prayer with me? Will you lead me right now and take a step towards Jesus? Put a hand up and just put it right back down. That's all I want to see. Put it up. Yes, yes. Put it back down. Yes. Anyone else? Up and right back down. Yes. Anyone else? Just up and right back down. Come on, church. That's amazing. That's incredible. So I want us all to pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for paying for what I did. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, Jesus, say be Lord of my life. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know I'm a child of God. I now know I'm adopted. I now know that I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. And everybody, give God a shout today. Give him a praise today. Come on, church. Man, if you accepted Jesus, text us number 702-727-8280. I'd be so honored to celebrate with you new life in Jesus.